What's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I'm Justin Michael, and I'm your host. I was joined by Kevin Lytle this afternoon of the Fort Collins Coloradoan. We just kind of talked about the state of CSU football, uh, CSU athletics as a whole, the, the tension going on, the, the potential looming drama of you know, is CSU going to move on from Steve Adazio down the line? How are they going to handle it? We dove into all of that. And then we talked the potential of conference expansion because big bombshell report from Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports today stated that the American intends to add UAB, CSU, Air Force, Boise State, and San Diego State to kind of try and shore up the conference after losing their top members. Obviously, there's a debate about whether that's a lateral move or not at this point. Can you justify the travel costs for your Olympic sports? There's really a lot to dive into, but it's something we're going to have to keep an eye on over the, the coming weeks because I really think there's only one of two ways this goes, at least from the G5 side. Obviously, the wild card is the Big 12. If they try to get involved, I mean, anybody would leave either of these leagues for the Big 12. But I think the Mountain West is either going to kneecap the American or the American is going to kneecap the Mountain West. And that's kind of what Kevin and I were talking about. And it's going to be interesting to see how it happens because as Kevin brought up on the pod, and I thought this was a really great point, the American operates much differently than the Mountain West does. The American, they've always been like, look at us, we're the power six. You know, and the Mountain West is more like share a graphic of their success versus the power five type deal and, and record versus the other G5 leagues and stuff like that. The point of bringing it up, though, is just that the Mountain West is probably just as active right now as the American is. It's just going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Now, obviously, if Boise State and San Diego State and Air Force go, you got to go with them. You don't have a choice because what would be left of the Mountain West at that point would just be an awful situation. It's just going to be interesting to see who strikes first. Personally, I'd rather see the Mountain West go poach American schools I like some of the rivalries. I like some of the towns. You know, I, I like going to Logan, Utah. I like Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, if they're going to be in a G5 league, I'd rather be in the Mountain West than the American, especially if they're able to, you know, maybe go poach Memphis or something like that. I'd imagine SMU and Memphis would probably be the most desirable options from a multi-sport perspective. Memphis, obviously, you're adding a really quality hoops program. I'd love to see the Mountain West also just say screw it and add Wichita State and Gonzaga as well. I don't know what Gonzaga is going to want to do, but that's another situation you have to monitor with the West Coast Conference. Anyways, lots of movement in college football happening right now, so I can pretty much guarantee this won't be the last time this is a discussion point on the podcast in the next year or so. Months, weeks, you know what I mean. And We're going to be talking about this a lot because there's going to be a lot of moving parts. Before I get to that interview with Kevin, I also want to talk about our Trey McBride homegrown t-shirt. It launched today. It's officially licensed. That's right. Your boys are getting big time. Officially licensed. And it is a collaboration with Team DNVR athlete Trey McBride. Any shirt that you buy, he's going to get some of the profits. So, I mean, you're genuinely supporting one of the most dedicated Rams of all time. And, you know, hopefully your favorite local media company in DNVR this NIL stuff is really a game changer. We're going to have a David Roddy shirt too, uh, potentially more than one shirt. Even we've got all kinds of stuff in the works right now. It's going to be awesome. Like I'm, I'm super stoked, but I just want to shout it out because the design is sick. Like if you haven't looked at it, go 
to the DNVR locker, or you can go to my Twitter page or the DNVR Rams Twitter or the DNVR Sports Twitter. Like it is all over. Just a really awesome design, really awesome opportunity to support, you know, one of the greatest CSU athletes of the modern generation. So really, really big stuff happening. Uh, you can actually win a free Trey McBride shirt this Saturday at Panhandlers Pizza at the DNVR Rams watch party. It's going to be popping for Toledo. Look, it hasn't been the start to the season that anybody was was hoping for, but enjoy a little bit of pizza, have some beer with your friends, you know, enjoy college football. They might have a couple other games on too. We'll have to see what the TV situation is like. It, it's going to be a really good time, and I hope that, you know, CSU fans still come out, and I hope that you guys still support Trey, and I hope that you guys buy these shirts in droves because they're dope. They're so dope. But seriously, you know, please come out to that watch party at Panhandlers Pizza. I want to be able to, you know, take it and, and, you know, show my bosses, look, the Ram fans, they come out and show up no matter what. They're always proud to be. They're frustrated with the situation. But it just makes it easier for me to sell these type of events in the future, you know? We're, we're going to have an awesome basketball team. I would love for Rams watch parties to be well-established by that point. And then, you know, we just go right into the hoop season and keep the party rolling. So please show up. Please come out to Panhandlers Pizza, support an OG Fort Collins establishment, quality food, quality brews, and hang out with some quality people at the DNVR Rams watch party. All right, let's get right into that interview with Kevin Lytle. Before we do, though, it is stressful trying to buy a house right now. If you've attempted this process, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The housing market, it's crazy in Colorado. Let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. They're going to alleviate so much stress and just take some of that worry off your plate. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind, with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. They have a fun perk for DNVR listeners right now. If you visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. If you're a little more old school, you want to talk to somebody directly, give Mike a ring at 970-412-2472 or again, visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, joining me on the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. Good friend of mine, special guest, Kevin Lytle of the Fort Collins, Colorado Inn. Gearing up to head out to Toledo to cover the game, so make sure you are following him and all of his work this weekend. I believe he's going to be the lone representative of CSU Media out there, so carrying a large responsibility, Kev. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's been since 2019 that I've flown for a football game. Went, drove to Boise last year, flew for some late-season hoops last season, but been a while to have a, a road trip like this so and it's a place i've never been so always nice to see a, a new place i think that's one of the most exciting or i just one of the the best like little perks i guess of this job is just you know, getting to experience little new towns and stuff i was actually looking at facebook memories on this day four years ago we were down in tuscaloosa for that trip to alabama that feels like a lifetime ago yeah, that really does. That that feels long, long time ago. That, that was obviously a very fun time and pretty cool experience. Man, like four years, huh? Makes me uh, makes me feel a little bit old, but I guess that's how this whole thing works. Um, 
you know, I just kind of wanted to get get you on here, and we'll talk about. There's some potential, I guess, rumors with CSU being a target for the American. We'll get into that. It's a report by Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports. But before we talk about the potential of conference expansion, I just kind of wanted to get where you were at on this team right now. I think, I mean, anybody that follows your work, you've been pretty honest. I mean, it just, it hasn't lived up to the standard and it's been a, it's been a weird season. Like this whole process with Steve Adazio, he's been kind of combative in his, in his press conferences. And I mean, is there any hope that things can turn around at this point? Cause it kind of seems like they're, they're trending in the wrong direction and the momentum's pretty substantial at this point. Yeah, I mean, obviously things have not gone well. I think this is a program in need of one of those springboard type successes, and, and you know, maybe and that comes in a way that you really don't expect. You know, a, a game like Toledo or something like that could could certainly be a start to that because they need something good to happen. Um, you, you thought maybe that Wyoming game last year would do it, but you know, there's obviously been no carryover from that. Uh, you know, certainly you look at a schedule and think, hey, maybe they could be a New Mexico or a Utah State, something like that. But, you know, those, obviously it's better to win than to lose, but those don't springboard success. So they really need some good to happen. And they're good players. Um, it's, you know, there's some good players on this team, but I think we're seeing, whether it was Steve Adazio or, or someone else, this program was not in good shape. It was not healthy. No, it wasn't. Uh, yeah. So in, in his defense, you did not inherit a, a very beautiful thing to work with. And then you combine that with some of the issues that, that have happened, you know, the struggles of the team. It's, you know, in some ways a toxic, not necessarily team, but just everything around it. Fans are upset. You know, the, the expansion stuff plays into that because this is, this is a time you need a good football program and CSU doesn't have that. So there are just so many factors at play right now that I think are just leading to a lot of anger. And yeah, it doesn't look good. You know, this Toledo game is, is tough. I mean, we thought going into the year, it would be hard. And then Toledo almost beats Notre Dame. And then you throw on suspensions and potential injuries for CSU. And, and it's, it's a tall task, but you know, it's also not impossible to go win at Toledo because like I said, this program just needs something to, uh, you know, a shot of adrenaline, so to speak. I think you're dead on. <clears throat> Excuse me. I went through the kind of like biggest what ifs for CSU football of the last decade. And it's funny because you start at the beginning and you're in, you know, the Jim McElwain era. And it's like, well, what if this happened? And, you know, they would have been a top 25 team in back to back years and you're feeling so great. And then by the end, it's just like, well, what if they weren't? a national meme at the moment, or, you know, what if they weren't the butt of every joke from college football writers and it's unfortunate, but that's where they're at. Do you think that there would have been a little bit more grace from the fans if they had gone with an up and coming guy? Because I mean, I, again, this isn't me trying to like bash on a or anything, but I think it was pretty clear that the public reaction to the hire was not stoked. You know, people weren't jumping yeah. for joy that Steve Adazio was the guy that they picked. If they went with, Tony Alford, for instance, who's, who's obviously an alum, and they had this exact same start. Do you think the fan base is still just as upset, or do you think they maybe give them a little bit of a grace, just kind of confirmation bias? Like people were, they wanted, they thought that this was going to happen, and now that it has happened, they're like, see, we told you this guy was a dud. Yeah, I think that's spot on. Um, this hire, it, it's not a secret. We're not you know, being controversial or breaking any news or anything to say it was not very popular uh, locally or nationally. I mean, it was pretty much panned by national writers. 
Um, and so, yeah, when there are struggles early, that, like you say, just leads to people being like, yep, knew this was going to happen. Uh, whereas, yeah, obviously, Tony Alford is the very common, that's the first name you always hear for people kind of ripping on Dazio is why didn't we hire this guy? And yeah, there would be more of a grace period, right or wrong. I mean, you can call it fair or unfair. Um, that's what it would be because he's an alum. He would speak passionately about this program. He would have people excited. I'm not sure the results would be a lot different. Like I say, I don't. He's never even been an OC. So it's like, it's tough to say that he would just, you know, he'd be a success as a head coach to be able to guarantee that you'd be, it might be wishful thinking. Yeah. And like I said, this program was not in good shape. Um, There were a lot of issues and whoever it was, whether it was Steve Adazio or Tony Alford or Bill Belichick, there were going to be some growing pains um, for this program. But, but yeah, the, the, I guess, unhappiness in the hire, I think erases some of that grace period. And to defend Adazio, like I say, one, he inherited a pretty bad program. And, you know, he knew that coming in. That's not a, a you know, he knows. It wasn't knows, a secret, yeah. Yeah, he knows what he's getting into. But it's not his fault he got hired. I mean, what are you, what's he going to do, turn it down? Because, you know, some people are tweeting that that's not a great hire. I mean, you know, he's not to blame for that. You know, the, the process is is more the issue to attack there. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think, again, that's probably unfair to him. But, uh, there would be more of a grace period with a different hire. And, you know, that's, you know, that's what you get with, with this decision. That's just what you have to roll with. Cause yeah, it's, it's a tough situation. It's, it's, this program has some, some issues to fix because it was not in great shape and, you know, no one knew the Texas Oklahoma stuff would happen, but that just makes it so much more dramatic now of you can't be bad at football right now. You just cannot, it's so costly. and that's proving true. And that's where it's going to be interesting. You know, if I don't think CSU is going to go Oh, and 12 this year, I wouldn't say it's impossible looking at the schedule. And I, I mean, that Utah state game is probably a lot harder than anybody thought coming in. A trip to Hawaii is never easy, regardless of how good they are. And you know, New Mexico is going to be up for the game. I mean, talking to Danny Gonzalez at media days, he's like, yeah, we haven't beat him in 11 years. We're going to bring it up every single day. So they're going to be very much up for that game. It's just a weird situation, but if you go two and ten, one and eleven, even three and nine, it's pretty tough to sell that to the fan base as we're making progress. And like you said, with college football expanding so quickly, it's like, can you really afford to just waste an entire year to potentially save a million and a half dollars? I, in the long run, I don't know if that's the right move. And again, this is not me being like they got to fire someone, but it's just going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, if this season does go really south, it's it, it will lead to some very uncomfortable conversations. That's for sure. Because um, yeah, there's a lot at stake, and you know, there's a lot of financial in play. either way, no, no matter what you do, there's a lot of financial implications on it. And and yeah, that's one of the things that comes with you know trying to be a part of big time college football. Um, you know, I covered CSU yeah, at the end of the Fairchild era. And obviously they were not good, but I don't remember this type of anger. I think a lot of it is because of the investment in the program. At that time, you know, Fairchild was paid a lot for normal people, but in college football world, you know, not terribly well paid. You know, they they hadn't done much with the facility. It was kind of a mid-tier type of program, but so much has been put in. It's not just the stadium, it's everything. Um, So much has been put into that 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 raises expectations that raises the bar. So when the results are still weighed out here, um, you know, where they, ha- you know, had been at, you know, one of the dark points of CSU football, 
that really creates a lot of anger. I think that's, you know, what they're, they're going to deal with if the season does go south. Now, again, like you said, it's two games, you know, September can be wonky. Things and can weird, change weird quickly. Like, I don't know if they will, the, but... you know, they wouldn't be the first team. You know, I don't expect that. I don't think this is a team that's going to even flirt with bowl eligibility, but wouldn't be the first team to turn around it. And I do think, you, you know, the guy has to have a full season before you can, uh, you know, really go super deep into analysis or of exactly where they are. But that being said, um, the early results are, are alarming. It's definitely concerning. And I mean, it's just one of those, it's how aggressive are you? I guess probably depends on what type of aspirations you have as a university. I would say the commitment, you know, from a facility standpoint would say we're very in, but then, you know, with how the whole situation played out with Bobo and kind of just being okay with, you know, cruising along for half a decade, it's, it's a, it's tough to evaluate. I know we have a new president though, and Joyce McConnell or CSU, we shouldn't say we, um, what is your impression of her just in terms of, does she seem from what you've heard, is she the type of president that values athletics? That it would be assumingly aggressive in this type of situation, obviously comes from West Virginia. I, yeah, I don't know what you can and can't say, but it, it, it's a hard one to read for a lot of reasons. One, obviously just she's fairly new and you know, obviously she was part of the hiring of Adazio, but you know, fairly new. And then there's been a pandemic, um, which obviously complicates everything. And, you know, some, she could have never anticipated. So that throws everything for a loop. Um, I would say my early impressions are she's certainly a lot less hands-on with athletics than Tony Frank was. Tony was, was very visible, very, I don't know if you want to say part of it. It's not like he was running practices, but it seemed very, you know, much more involved in it. Joyce doesn't seem to be as much. So, you know, I, I think it's hard right now to say if she's, you know, pro or I don't want to even say anti-athletics. You know, there's, there's a lot of money into it. So whether she personally cares, um, she's going to be interested in some ways, but, uh, but yeah, I, I would say less hands-on, but big picture. It's still, I think a little hard. Yeah. Because I mean, like I say, just pure time, she hasn't been here that long and then throw COVID in and, and it's really hard to evaluate, but certainly different. I would say than Tony was just kind of off of that. And again, I don't want to step on your toes because I don't know what you're working on behind the scenes or anything like that. What have you heard just in terms of the last year? Like, did we ever get a valid justification on why urban Meyer was allowed to pick CSU's head football coach? I mean, that just didn't go well. A, a booster, well-intended booster, basically wanted to bring him in his expertise uh, because obviously he's been part of college football for a long time, had a lot of you know on-field success. Uh, under the impression that Urban, you know, really would want to help CSU. In hindsight, obviously, Urban wanted to help Urban's guys, and that's what he did. Uh, and, you know, if you're a leadership athletic department, I totally understand you want as many opinions as you can, but do you really want to hand the keys to someone that is not part of the university? I don't think that's a great choice. And um, obviously urban for all his on-field success also has a lot of off-field issues, concerns, we'll just say, and leave it at that. I'm not sure you want that person dictating who, who your next coach is. And, and so, yeah, I, I, I think it's one of those that kind of got swept up in the urban charm and 
not the first people to have that happen. Uh, uh, you know, there's a long list of that, but uh, clearly, again, what you know that Adazio may end up working out, but the process of it, I think, is certainly fair to question because you had, like I say, a guy that was barely affiliated with the university. I know it's cool to say Herbert coached at CSU when he was young, but he was barely here. I know he does like Fort Collins. I know he visits and is here with, with some frequency, but still uh, there are a lot of people that visit Fort Collins that, that you don't go to to hire your football coach. So, so yeah, I think uh, having him as involved as he was is certainly worth and worthy of questioning. It's just odd, you know, I guess to me and, this isn't a shot intended at Joe or anything, but what do you pay an athletic director for if not to choose a head football coach during that time? And obviously there, you know, the whole thing with Butch Jones, it sounds like they maybe had a different direction intended and that might've got vetoed or or something like that, but just a really weird deal altogether that the whole CSU athletic department is, is a very odd situation. Yeah, and the whole process was odd. They basically had an agreement with Butch Jones until uh, it was vetoed for Title IX concerns because of some of the stuff that had gone down at Tennessee. You know, obviously, they interviewed Tony Alford. Uh, certainly, his camp viewed it as a token interview, not a serious interview. Um, and uh, I think it's worth saying, I don't even know how this exactly plays in, but Joe Parker had been very obvious about he wanted a head coach and was going to hire someone that had been a head coach. So if you're saying that, you know, that's fine. If that's, you know, the criteria you want to follow, why are you even interviewing someone that's not even a coordinator? It, it feels like you're just wasting their time. And, and I can understand why Tony might feel that way. If, if, you know, it was very totally. obvious. Joe, yeah. Joe was very blunt that he wanted a former head coach. So I think he know, pretty much it, even said it in a press conference. Yeah. Like that's our top priority is somebody who's led a team. before. Yeah. So, so that, you know, Everything about it was just a little weird. I mean, having an agreement with a coach and then at the very end, I mean, Butch Jones, you know, the things that went down in Tennessee, those weren't a secret. I mean, uh, everyone knew about that. You know, you can argue whether CSU should have, you know, that should have led them to pulling the plug, but they weren't a secret. So I don't understand why it got so How'd you so get that li- far? And then all yeah, of a sudden, why like, it got so late in the game? Before yeah, but, yeah, yeah, before someone Googled him. Um, so everything about it was just weird. Um, and that's that's where I think a lot of this anger comes from. I think people um, didn't like how the process went down and then they didn't necessarily like the hire. So all of that kind of combined to lead to the anger of, yeah, the two games didn't look good, but it's just two in some seasons. It, that wouldn't be the end of the world. But right now it, it feels like it's still not the end of the world, but the the anger kind of feels like it. All right, we will get right back to that interview with Kevin in just a second. But first, a quick word from our partners over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Week one may be over, but the season's just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off week two, DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet $1 on any football game this week. Receive $200 in free bets instantly. No matter what, that's right, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they place at least a $1 bet on any football game this weekend. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, which makes it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated app now. Use the promo code DNVR to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any game. I'm personally, like, if I'm a new user, I'm betting the house on Denver over Jacksonville. The Jaguars look like a train wreck under Urban Meyer. Yikes. Again, use that code DNVR to get your $200 in free bets instantly 
This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Speaking of DraftKings Sportsbook, though, I did want to give you guys my DraftKings pick of the week, and that is the Denver Broncos to cover the six-point spread at Jacksonville. You can get that at minus 115. That feels like a lock. Admittedly, I am a Broncos fan, so if you want to take it with a grain of salt, I understand. The Jaguars, they are a train wreck. I mean, they cannot block. Their offensive line is an atrocity. And you're going up against Von Miller, who looks healthy. I mean, he was just eating the Giants' lunch last week. I feel really good, especially at six points. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if this spread was closer to double digits, eight and a half, nine points. I mean, when it's all said and done. If you can get it while it's still at six, jump all over that. Again, my DraftKings pick of the week, the Denver Broncos to cover that six-point spread. Get that at minus 115. Over with our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Finally, I want to shout out the homies over at Solace Meds. If you took my DraftKings pick of the week last week, which was the San Francisco 49ers to cover a nine-point spread, they were up 28 at one point, and then they got backdoored by the Detroit Lions. You might really need Solace Meds, and that's good because they have some hot September deals for you. They have four uh, convenient locations in Colorado. They are the premier local dispensary. They've got one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away off East Colfax from the DMVR bar. All September long, you can get 25% off Can America gummies, 25% off strings tinctures, 25% off rock and cartridges, and Glacier Concentrates are 20% off as well. If you head into any location right now, you can get a free Solace Bar. These things are awesome. Or a King Cone when you mention the code DNVR20. On top of that, you're going to get 20% off your entire order. So, you know, if you went in there and you got some Can America America gummies, they're already 25% off. Now you're getting 20% off that and you're getting a free Solace Bar. You are missing out if you are not using Solace Meds for all of your cannabis shopping needs. They just make the, the entire experience a delight. Go online and visit their website at solacemeds.com. Order there. You can pick up at your convenience. And again, make sure you're using that code DNVR20 to save 20% off your entire order and get hooked up with a free King Cone or Solace Bar. All right, all right, all right. Now that we've paid the bills, let's hop back on in with my good friend, Kevin Lytle. Well, you mentioned... At, you know, during the Steve Fairchild era, obviously the, the commitment to athletics was not the same. Neither was the anger from the fans. Is this the angriest you think you've ever seen any CSU fan base? Because I, I can't remember a time where a fan base has been this dejected. And there have been some pretty tough years. I mean, even at the end of the Sonny Lubick era and obviously the end of the Fairchild era, like, it's rough out there. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it certainly is for me. Obviously, I haven't been around the program forever, but I'm going on shoot over a decade now where I've been in and around Fort Collins um, in the program. And this is, I think, by far, uh, you know, you think of, you, you know, kind of the big changes. There was, you know, the Fairchild, there was Eustacey, um, but those I don't recall being like this. Now, you know, obviously how much does social media play into, you know, it, it wasn't as big a deal when Fairchild was leaving. So they're part of that. You need to be wary of the echo chamber, but, but yeah, this is, this is pretty, and talking to people privately, you know, around the school, the, you know, faculty and, and alum frustrations um, are pretty high. 
Um, th- this is definitely a, a spicy time for CSU. It's it's kind of a dangerous time. Well, you know, I, I know you have plenty of sources inside, you know, the athletic department. I've, I have people that I talk to as well. And that's certainly what I've gathered is I think there's just a lot of people that feel like the last five years have just kind of been a wasted opportunity for CSU athletics as a whole. Like they committed all this money to facilities and then just did absolutely nothing to capitalize on it. There's all kinds of conversations you can get into about that. But one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, and I don't want to take up too much of your time here is just the potential of conference expansion, because obviously that report from Dennis Dodd of CBS sports came out. If you haven't read it, it, it sounds like the American is eyeing Air Force, CSU, San Diego State, and UAB, and uh, Boise State to get them to, to 12 teams. Is that even desirable from CSU's perspective? I guess if they took Boise State and San Diego State, you would probably want to go with them in Air Force. But just given that they lost their top four teams, that feels like a lot of travel for essentially a lateral move. Yeah, it's one of those... Just going there itself, maybe not. But like you say, if if the others are going, you have to because you look at what would be left in the Mountain West after that, and you do not want to be that. I mean, that's I know Nevada's really good this year. San Jose State's really good this year, but those are not. You know, you'd be splitting from Wyoming, which would be awkward. You can still play every year, though. Yeah, exactly. You know, new showdown. Um, but that would be not great. So yeah, you want to go with those teams. It makes sense that the American and the Mount West are now in a battle. I, you know, the report hasn't, I haven't seen a report. I don't have any inside info, but just logic tells me that the Mount West is probably going to try and kneecap the athlete, the American and the American. That's the only way this works, and, right? Like either yeah. the Mountain West poaches them or they poach the Mountain West. Cause you just want to certify yourself as yep. the best of the rest or whatever the way the system is built is for these two, because they're clearly the top two G fives. I think these two have to try and cannibalize each other because that's the way the system works. One of them needs to come out as the top dog, you know, the top G five, the, you know, the, the sixth power, whatever the heck stupid phrase you want to use. One of them is going to have to try and do that or become that just because that's the way the system is built. Um, so you just need to end up in whichever one that one is. Now the American thing, for football, I think it'd be fine. It'd be a good conference. If, you know, if it happens exactly like Dennis Dodd reports, he's a great reporter. So uh, he certainly has yeah, some I intel. Trust his info. Yeah. yeah, he certainly has some intel. That doesn't mean it'll happen, but it's it's not just smoke. He's blowing. not throwing yeah. Yeah. So if it happened like that from football, it would be an interesting conference and a fun conference and a pretty good conference. Um, the worry for athletic departments, certainly in the West here, is okay. You got to pay tennis team to be going down to Alabama, you know, to pay, play UAB and, you know, soccer traveling for games, you know, against whoever in that, like that gets pretty expensive. Now maybe you can get a TV deal that offset off, offset yeah. that, and, you know, because you would clearly be the top G five. So maybe, you know, that that's why these things are so complicated. It's very easy to be like, just do this, but it, it doesn't work like that. So I don't know. I, I could convince myself of like a dozen different things happening. And then you have to throw in the wrinkle. The big 12 was pretty clear that they. They're probably not might, done. They might yeah. want to come back and in, in a couple of years and see if there are any leftovers that they want. Obviously Boise would be part of that conversation. Memphis would be part of that conversation. CSU would hope to be part of that conversation. So it's, it's very complicated. You know, if, if you're these schools, especially like a Boise, you're sitting there like, well, we need to make sure we're in a, the best G5. 
But we're also leaving the door wide open if the Big 12 wants to come in. You know, stroll on in, boys. We got drinks on ice. It's going to be so weird. I mean, I think you nailed it on the head because if it was really that simple, Boise would probably already be in the American. I mean, there were all those talks that they flirted with it and they basically just determined we can't afford to do this from an Olympic sport perspective. And obviously there's no other leagues that are just going to, you know, yeah, we will take you all your other leftover sports, you know, but not the, the revenue generating ones. So it's, it's a weird perspective, I guess. Where, where would your gut go? And again, this is, this is me purely just asking you, like, what does your gut say? Because to me, I feel like the American is probably more proactive than the Mountain West just based on history. But that might be me being unfair, you know, like just based on disappointment from them not adding Wichita State and, you know, some of those other programs when they had a chance. Yeah, that, that's kind of my instinct. But then I was thinking about the American operates louder which doesn't necessarily mean more aggressive. The American Fair. is not quiet about what they're doing. And I don't know what Dennis Dodd's sourcing is, but it would not shock me if it's higher ups in the American. Whereas the Mountain West tends to operate very quietly, which, you know, you can argue, obviously, you know, there are a lot of fans that, you know, get mad at Craig Thompson. Craig Thompson ain't just sitting on his couch right now watching games every totally, weekend, yeah. waiting to see what happens. I can guarantee you that. But just the way these two conferences operate, the Mountain West tends to do it quietly. The American tends to do it loudly. You know, the American's been calling themselves, you know, the power six for years, whereas the Mountain West just likes tweeting out a graphic of, hey, here's our record against P5s, FYI. Uh, you know, that's kind of how these conferences operate. So my gut instinct would say, yeah, Americans probably more likely to succeed in poaching the Mountain West than vice versa. But the American just lost it's top teams too. And I, the Mountain West has got to be looking at that saying, all right, let's eat. I personally hope the non-West stays together and, and, you know, add some of these American teams. If this is the way that it's going to go out, you know, go take Memphis and whoever else you can get out. It'd be interesting to see how far East they would be willing to go. Like, are you willing to take a South Florida without central florida as a travel partner i'm not sure you would really want that and maybe they end up in the sun belt or something like that it's definitely gonna be interesting but i just want to see like i want to see csu and wyoming stay together like i know everybody focuses on on the showdown but you know history and rivalries and all that that's kind of like what separates college football from from the pros so i would hate to lose all of that yeah i I like the mountain west obviously it has flaws it has aired in some places but in a lot of ways i think it's a pretty fun conference for for multiple sports not just football um so yeah it, it'd be a bummer but we're also seeing all of that type of stuff get destroyed right now so uh yeah i'm not i really don't know you know people ask i'm sure you get this question all the time from friends or whatever oh what's gonna happen you know where school's gonna end up it's like if i knew that you think i'd be freaking sitting here <laughs> being commissioner making a boatload of money but but i don't know so it's hard you can see so many different variations of what could happen um it's just complicated so much more complicated than than you know a lot of people realize um just so many moving parts and you know the olympic sports side of it is is challenging because like you say send you know volleyball teams to to south florida and vice versa like and, and csu's in good place because you know dia kind of flies everywhere and it's, it's fairly middle of the country boise doesn't have as many flights around we haven't even talked about san diego state 
just imagine the you know the volleyball trip or soccer trip. Oh, we got to send our team to Florida from San Diego. You know, that's a multi-day adventure between Unlike, traveling you know, there a normal and back. Commercial flight, you know, it's not like. Yeah, yeah, and, you know these these teams aren't chartering um, all the time, or they certainly can't afford to be. So it's it's tough. Um, I don't know where it's going to end up. Just briefly before I let you go here, I just kind of wanted to talk uh, about a, a scheduling update for for CSU men's basketball because I wanted to talk it through with you because I imagine you'll be along the same perspective. That game against Tulsa is obviously now going to be played in Fort Worth. Some CSU fans are upset because it was supposed to be in Denver originally. My counter is that traditionally college basketball games have not been very successful at the Pepsi Center, not just for CSU, but like even when they held the Mountain West Conference Tournament there. That's why they left. It's super expensive to rent it. I know they did try to get it at the Budweiser Event Center, and that would have been really cool. You know, you probably could have packed that pretty tight, and that would have been an awesome atmosphere. But I think from a getting eyes on this game, it's probably good to get it matched up in, you know, some type of tournament. And obviously, Texas is a really solid recruiting ground for CSU. Like, it's not a total loss by any means. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the BEC would have been a lot of fun. I, that, I'm frank, you know, they would have sold that out easily, um, I think. That would have been a lot of fun. Tulsa doesn't agree, which is interesting considering where they got the game back there, but whatever. That was my thing. It was like, well, they came out to Oklahoma for y'all, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. The Pepsi center, you know, that's not great. What I will say is it's a bummer for your true season ticket holders who could have gone to that. You know, the, the fans are there every game and you would get some Denver people that hadn't been to a game in a while go to that. So that's a bummer. Texas, like you say, it has its benefits. It, it, it is easy to travel there. If anyone's interested, uh, it's a fertile recruiting ground, um, you know, so it's, it's not ideal, but with the schedule they're building, um, I think it's also not the end of the world. Cause you do have some really good games, you know, Tulsa, Tulsa at one point, you know, looked like it would be one of the better games on the schedule. And then, uh, they kept adding and adding and, you know, last year probably would have been, but if, you know, the whole COVID situation hadn't happened. But this year, it's a good game. I feel bad for some of the Denver and Colorado fans that can't go. It's a kind of frustrating situation um, from from the outside looking in, but still a good game, still a good resume builder. And there are some good games here in Fort Collins, really good games here in Fort Collins. So you still have some great, great chance to see the Rams. But it's a it's a weird situation. But again, the the post-COVID scheduling and all that has really thrown a lot of things for a loop. Yeah, I mean, CSU is probably just going to go into the season with like an opening and they might have the potential to add a game. Like, we'll we'll see how it all plays out. I just kind of wanted to get your perspective on it all. And it's going to be interesting, man. They, they certainly did not back down from anyone when it came to scheduling this year. And I think that's awesome because if you if you truly do believe in a team, go all in. Like, it could obviously backfire. You could lose against all these really good teams. And then, you know, you're like the first team left out of the tournament. And they're like, well, they had... A lot of chances and they just couldn't come out on top but yeah no i mean i I thought i thought they'd be aggressive in scheduling but this is is more aggressive than i anticipated and uh i i love it like you say um it's great why not you have a team like this you know chips in uh and yeah you don't you don't have to win them all you have to win some you certainly can't go winless in them but pick up a couple w's be you know certainly like a you know that game against alabama for instance a loss there would, would be terrible, but if, you, yeah. but if you can be competitive and certainly win it, that's going to help you. And 
um, you know, it shows the trust Nico Medba has in this team. That's a way to know what a coach feels about his team is how he's scheduling. And it's also funny, you know, uh, the certain former coach claimed he can't get anyone to come to Moby Arena. That's obviously been put to bed with you know, <laughs> Oral Roberts and St. Mary's coming into town. Uh, those are really, really nice uh, mid-major matchups. So, so, yeah, it's a fun, fun schedule. I, you know, CSU fans, rightfully so, are very excited about that. I've heard nothing but good things about Chandler Jacobs coming in and the potential he has. Obviously, you know, Roddy and Isaiah Stevens are probably two of the top three or four, you know, preseason Mountain West Player of the Year picks, along with, you know, Grant Sherfield. Uh, so, yeah, fun things happening at, at Moby Arena. November 9th can't get here soon enough, man. I'm, I'm itching for hoop season as I think of. <laughs> A lot I'm, of I'm itching, I, I know, you know, we keep talking about this, but it's true. How fun is, you know, the, you know, Moby rocking for Oral Roberts going to be, be so you know, good. fingers crossed COVID things go okay enough that, that we can fully pack it. But, uh, you know, college basketball crowds, you know, luckily we got a taste, you know, that South Dakota state game, the student crowd was incredible. Um, that was awesome energy. And man, if you translate, you know, obviously a volleyball team had that for their first home game. And if we can get that for the Oral Roberts game, that'll be so fun. Because, you know, I just love, I know you're, you feel the same. Those those great college basketball atmospheres, man, that is something else. I know football pays the bills, but there's just a part of me that wishes the Mountain West would just lean into hoops. Yeah, because I mean, you have the programs, it's it's less money, like from a cost perspective, and you could, I don't know. It's, it's a tough yeah. situation, but I think yeah. they could really be like the new Big East. Yeah, it's going to be a very fun league this year. It's it's a weird league. So much has happened in the offseason. So I'm excited. Basketball is going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's almost here. The time is flying. It's definitely going to be fun. Looking forward to having those fans back. I'll never forget how weird it was pregame for basketball games last year. Like I can't even describe to people what the – the lack of energy and just like, it would feel so dead. And all of a sudden it's like, all right, tip off. It's like, they still did like the player introduction. I, I was so, gonna it say, was so funny. The hype, you know, in, I totally get doing it why they did, but it was so awkward of you do that. And then like you say, normally that's when it should just be bubbling. That, you know, a, a good basketball ring is just crackling with energy and you finish the hype video, the lights pop back on. And it's like, okay, let's play, I guess. You could it's read like, a book in there if you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, it's like you just walked into the intramural gym. And it's like, hey, you guys ready to go? Hey, give me a minute. Got to lace up the, the shoes. Got to stretch a little bit. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, we can play now. What are we playing to, 21? Okay. It, yeah, it sucked. I'm glad. I'm very glad we played. I'm glad it happened. It was a, it was a fun totally. season. Um, but, but, man, that energy is so badly needed. Well put. I think that's a good way to end this. Kevin, thank you so much for joining me. I, I took up a little bit more of your time than I said, so I appreciate you coming on and talking about all this with me and safe travels out to Toledo and back. I, I hope it's a fun experience for you. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Looking forward to uh, another new stadium.
Mexican kid with the cuff khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly. Primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly.